We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. The decree was signed. The Jews of Persia were to be annihilated. Even with her position as the Queen of Persia, Esther is unsure whether her intercession before the king will cause any positive outcome. However, Mordecai recognizes that God has uniquely positioned and prepared her for this crisis. He inspires her with these words, Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? For such a time as this. It's a phrase that invokes courage among believers. From the minute we open the book of Esther, these powerful words cause us to think about our own defining moments. Moments like Esther's that involve mustering our own courage and completely relying on God to make all things right. Every one of us has faced times of anxiety or fear. Times when we may wonder, Why me, Lord? How can you possibly work this together for good? Tabitha and I, our story is no exception. For those of you who may be new to our podcast and perhaps tuning in for the first time, allow me to unfold our story for you. I'm Paul, and I'm a direct care professional, more commonly known as a caregiver. I've had the honor of providing personal assistance for my wife, Tabitha, for the last seven years because she has a progressive form of muscular dystrophy. Caregiving is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. We've put a spotlight on this matter most recently in episode 57, titled Balancing Caregiving and Marriage. If you haven't already tuned into that discussion, may I encourage you to check out the link in the podcast description and learn more about it. In the early years of our marriage, Tabitha and I lived in Arizona, where spousal caregiving is compensated. Then, just over a year ago, we moved from Arizona to Idaho during the public health emergency. Why was the timing of our move important? Well, federal Medicaid and Medicare has an administrative policy that prohibits spousal caregivers from being paid. This same code also bars minor children with special needs from choosing their own parent to be their paid caregiver. Here in Idaho, married people with disabilities may not choose their spouses as caregivers. However, because of the public health emergency, Idaho had temporarily paused that policy, so to speak, and praise the Lord, we found an in-home care agency that trained, certified, and hired Paul. We were well aware of other local agencies who refused to hire any spousal caregivers because of this Medicaid code. They understood the waiver was temporary and they didn't want to be in a position where they would have to later terminate the spouse. Well, from my end, I needed a caregiver and had this in-home care agency refused Paul the job, I would have had no one. That being said, from the moment Paul was hired, we requested a conference call with our district senator and Idaho's Medicaid administrator and had what we thought was a good discussion. We learned what steps would be necessary for Idaho to have that policy changed. 
and made an appeal for our senator and the administrator to please do so. The senator especially was vocal about his support. We went our separate ways. Fast forward with us now to January 2023. The federal government makes an announcement that the public health emergency is over. We remember our conference call from a year back and decide to check in to see if that policy had been amended. Much to our dismay, the Medicaid administrator informs us she had not taken a single step toward filing an amendment, nor does she and the department have any intention to do so. Within days of the announcement, we began receiving letters from Medicaid and advocacy centers as to how the end of the public health emergency will impact spousal and parental caregivers. The governor's office announces a statewide end, and more letters follow as to when Paul's position will be terminated, May 11. You may recall from episode 57 how many married interabled couples across the United States have had to reconcile with this Medicaid policy. Idaho was turning out to be no different. In our town of Post Falls, three married couples with disabilities found no other option but to divorce so that they could keep in-home care from the one they know and trust and maintain income. Once Medicaid sees that the marriage has been terminated, they will continue to compensate. This is an absolute travesty. Knowing our Heavenly Father and how very much He cares for the helpless, we believe He weeps with those who have had to go through such unjust and drastic measures Mm -hmm. simply to protect their own health and safety. In the past year, since we had first moved to Idaho, six in-home care agencies in our area have closed down due to a shortage of workers. My own in-home care agency confessed that once my position was terminated, They would have no other caregivers to send in for Tabitha. We were driven to our knees, pleading with God for wisdom, courage, and strength to do what needed to be done next. It became clear there was only one option for us at this point. We needed to go to our state capital in Boise to ask our state legislators for two things an emergency extension of benefits for spousal and parental caregivers, and to lay the pressure on Medicaid to file with the federal government for permanent approval of paid spousal and parental caregiving. In the weeks leading up to our trip to the Capitol, we touched base with about a half dozen advocacy centers gathering as much information about this policy and its impact around the state as we could. One message that we heard repeatedly was that these advocacy groups had all tried their hand at bringing the policy to legislators, and the result was always the same. Failure. It would fall on deaf ears. No one, according to them, could see this as a priority. And... Even if the legislators in Medicaid could be convinced to amend the policy and file with the federal government for permanent change, the process could take a year or more. It seemed as though the odds were stacked against us. My physical weakness and fatigue is challenging enough by itself. The very thought of traveling across the state on so little strength 
and trying to convince the government to change law when other big organizations have already failed to do so. Well, (laughs) but little by little, our compassionate Heavenly Father was going to help us understand everything we were facing was for such a time as this. A dear friend of ours who had once been a national instructor for the Center of Self-Governance and had given us a lot of guidance in simple advocacy work in Arizona, once again devoted much time to help prepare us for our meetings at the Capitol. His advice was invaluable. The Lord has used his friendship and guidance in our lives in countless ways. And we saw that play out especially on the day we spent with our state leaders. We reached out to Christian friends around the country and especially to our own dear church family in St. Mary's, asking them to take up the battle with us through prayer. And how they responded so deeply moved our hearts. We can hardly share their deeds of kindness and hearts of love for us without becoming choked up and overwhelmed with tears of gratitude. When we asked our church family to pray with us about our efforts, we expected nothing more than that. However, the Lord stirred the heart of a friend of ours in church. Immediately after we had shared our burden, she rose to her feet and challenged our church to do more than pray. She asked them to take a pause for a moment and empathize with the frightening situation we and hundreds of others across the state of Idaho were facing. She took the time to paint the frightening picture that in a matter of weeks, Medicaid would be terminating hundreds of family caregivers, leaving them without income and those with special needs would be left with either no physical care or placed in residential facilities at the mercy of strangers. She urged everyone in our church to fight with us by calling our state leaders and let them know Idahoans support spousal and parental caregivers. Our church family responded tremendously. Not only did they call, but many of them rallied other friends and other churches to make calls and send letters as well. Later, the same dear friend who gathered such help and support on our behalf called to say she would be joining us at the Capitol to assist us in our efforts. You see, she's a CPA and volunteered her expertise to show our state leaders how family caregivers save taxpayers millions of dollars. As Christians and conservatives, we appreciate that. And of course, most of our Republican leaders would applaud this as well. On the morning we stood outside the Capitol, I remember the building seemed so daunting, and what we were about to go inside and ask for, that felt even more bigger, such an impossible mountain to conquer. Our first meeting we thought would be rather brief, just a quick hello to a representative who shares a mutual friend with us. We had such an enjoyable conversation with her and discovered she's a believer who loves the Lord with every fiber of her being. By the end of this day, this representative was the vessel God used to arrange three pivotal meetings with chairs and vice chairs on the Health and Welfare Committee. She went above and beyond to encourage and assist us. She gave us such a shot of determination that kept us pushing through. It would be difficult, if not impossible, for us to describe every detail of every meeting. And each person we met and how the timing of those meetings and the placement of those people was nothing short of miraculous that day. We asked God for courage, and in hindsight, as the day unfolded, the Lord in His goodness backed us 
and was giving us jaw-dropping victories, big and small, on every step we'd take. He did, indeed, bolster our courage so that we could keep fighting for all those couples and parents with special needs within their families. One of the advocacy groups we met in Boise shared with us they had not been able to secure any meetings. They asked if they could tag along with us for two back-to-back meetings of ours. We agreed to that, and they handled themselves professionally and politely. They allowed us to take the lead, sharing our story, followed by an additional request of an emergency extension of benefits for this category of family caregivers until the permanent amendment is complete. The reps from the advocacy group would sit quietly and listen, and then add their professional knowledge of the policy when needed. Our friend from church, too, was well prepared and stepped in at just the right moments to add more insight. Any questions or debate that arose, God had prepared each of us to handle it skillfully. The first of these two particular meetings was with a Democrat on the Senate side and the other a Republican on the House side. Getting both of their support for the amendment was crucial. And by the end of both meetings, both senators agreed to back the amendment and push the waiver through. After the second meeting had ended, our new friends seemed surprised and astonished at the outcome. As a matter of fact, they offered us a job on the board of their (laughs) advocacy group. This was another of those moments where Tabitha and I could say our eyes were continuing to open. Our mighty God was doing a mighty work. Through two of his weak and broken vessels, all the glory belongs to him. He gave us the fortitude to push through 10 meetings that day, and not one senator, not one representative turned us away. The Lord stirred every heart to see the urgent need to take immediate action to protect our Idahoans with disability. Our triumphant day was drawing to a close. We were in awe how God had opened our senators and legislators' ears and hearts to the plight of our disability community. He had stilled the voices of skeptics and helped us gain the energy of public officials to look for ways to meet the needs of these families. Exhausted and yet on a cloud of rejoicing, there was one last meeting we'd hoped to secure. This meeting would have been with the head chair of the Health and Welfare Committee on the House side. For some reason, neither Tabitha nor I nor our friend from church had been able to reach him in the days before we arrived. We knew he could be a crucial, dependable player in getting the permanent fix submitted to the federal government. At 4.30, we were back where our morning had begun, in the office of the representative, who'd been so very helpful. She wanted to record our story and brief us on what had been accomplished on our advocacy work that day and see us off. We asked if she could do us one last favor, call the head chair and ask if he'd see us. The representative said she'd gladly call, but don't expect anything. At 4.30, she explained, everyone's usually packed up and gone home. But she graciously picked up her phone to try to help us one last time. And ah, the Lord wasn't done working yet. He was in his office, and he willingly agreed to drop everything and come to us. That representative also indicated he had faith in God. We were deeply privileged to end our day at the Capitol by praying with our representatives. And ever since our first meeting with him back in February, 
he has shown himself to be a real go-getter. We're grateful God allowed our paths to cross with him that day. Are you wondering how the story ends? Idaho does have the emergency extension of benefits in place. We've been told by our legislators and Medicaid that our spousal and parental caregivers will not be cut off on May 11th, and we praise God for this. We've also been given their word they intend to file with the federal government in just a matter of weeks for a permanent fix, which means that if the federal government approves, Idaho could be the next state on the map which proudly pays their spousal and parental caregivers. Would you, dear listener, join us in praying for this urgent matter? And by the way, I remember at the end of that day at the Capitol building in Boise, looking back at the building, it didn't look so daunting. In fact, quite the opposite. As the sun was setting, the building looked majestic. Our almighty God had just moved the mountains of government. And if he was and is before us, why should we fear? I'm glad God equipped Esther, aren't you? Our Heavenly Father is never caught by surprise when we're wrapped up in grief, difficult times, and searching for deliverance. He's right there beside us. The same God who loved Esther and her people is the same God who loves you and cares for you. He's uniquely placed you for such a time as this. Be not afraid. Let those around you know your peace, strength, and hope is found in Jesus. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.